gather round, fam. This is season two of the MD Femme podcast, and I am Dr. Kristen Scatliff. This is not scripted or rehearsed. We are transparent, honest, and vulnerable. We listen, we care. We are MD Femme. Hi, everybody. This is MD Femme. I'm Dr. Kristen Scatliff. I'm on with Dr. Aquia Ampadu. Hey, Aquia. Hey, hi. I'm Candace Wall Bennett. Back again. (laughs) And Dr. Emily Shea is in the building. Yes, I am. We're doing a special episode called Dear Patient. Just some pearls of advice we'd like to share with our patients based on the things that we've gone through and that other doctors have gone through. And so I'm going to kick it off to Dr. Ampadu. And you want to start with your dear patient? Yeah. Yes, uh, it's been a while that I've been here on the stage. So I want to say hi, everybody. Uh, your girl has been uh, dealing with the COVID trenches, but things are looking a lot better. So I'm hoping that wherever you're listening, that uh, COVID numbers are improving and that you're keeping safe. Okay, so one thing that I get a lot of patients always asking me on the hospital wards is, uh, can they take their own medication? A lot of times, you know, the nurse will come to them with a uh, pill uh, with their medication, and it'll be something that they already take at home. For instance, they like a blood pressure medication or metformin for their diabetes. And they say, well, I have my pill bottles here with me. Why can't I just take mine? And we, we almost always have to say no. And there are several reasons for that. One, when you get the medication from the pharmacy in the hospital, it uh, helps with tracking the medication that you're receiving, especially in regards to other medications that you may be taking, and making sure that we're giving everything at the uh, correct time, in the correct intervals, and with the correct medications. Not every medication works uh, with other ones. We also want to prevent many type of uh, adverse reaction uh, between medications. Also, uh, the reason we want you to take the medication we give you instead of the one that you bring from home is a lot of times we'll change your strength of medication that you're on. Say you've normally been taking, I don't know, for example, 50 milligrams of a blood pressure medication. But we notice that while you're in the hospital, your blood pressure keeps going low. We don't want to give you that 50 milligrams. Rather, we'd want to cut it in half and give you 25 milligrams. A lot of times, because we don't want to, uh, or we can't cut your medication in half, we want to give you the lower dose here in the hospital. Uh, so those are just a few reasons why we tend to say that, no, it's important for you to take the, the same medication from our pharmacy rather I'm taking it from your pill bottle that you brought with you. There are a few uh, exceptions, especially if it's an important medication that we don't have in the hospital. Uh, Specifically, a lot of times people will be taking injectables, things things that they inject into their abdomen or into their arm, especially like special diabetes medications. And if we don't have that, uh, we will take that, we'll file it in our pharmacy, and then you'll be able to use your personal version of that medication. So, so those are the few exceptions to the rule. Oh, that's great advice. Um, and just to spin off of that, um, for my pulmonary hypertension patients, always bring your inhaled medications to the hospital. We don't have those. Thank you. Okay. They're okay, very, very specialized. Medication. Exactly. Okay. Um, do you have any other tips that you want to share with them? Yes. My second one, this is a, a personal, uh, it's very personal to me because it's something that I have to deal with on a regular basis. Uh And that is patients always asking if I can make some type of change to where they're staying in the hospital. Uh, Oftentimes, 
you know, people say that they want a nicer room. They want a room with a view. If it's some Oceanside hospital I'm working at, um, sometimes patients you know, don't like their roommates or they want somewhere. I know you're laughing, but this happens more than you would believe. Oh, they want a private room and they're like, well, you're the doc. You can make decisions, doctor. I don't want this room. I, I don't like my roommate. Leave your one. Snores. He snores or my roommate's family is too loud. I get this repeatedly and people keep asking the doctor, move me somewhere else. I'm sorry. I am not a bed management. Yeah. I am not a hotel concierge. I cannot make those decisions. Okay, I'll be very honest. So please don't ask the doctor to change the room for you. If you're in the emergency room and they're still waiting for a bed, I cannot move mountains to get a bed for you. you. It's like you telling me, move somebody in a bed, put them in the emergency room so you can take their bed. It's not possible. <laughs> we, are, we are all there to help you and just, just take some patience and courtesy. We will get you the room that uh, you came for as soon as possible. So I want patience. Patience is the key. I want to apologize for cackling because I think it's hilarious. Um, I think patients need to understand that there is a system. You put an order in for your patient wherever they're going to go and whatever type of floor and the bed board is the one that's going to see what is available and what is appropriate and place the patient there. We don't have control over that. At so. all. Especially if you're someone who needs like a telemetry monitor and you need to be on a specific floor that can carry that telemetry monitor. We can't just say, oh, let's put you on the fifth floor, the regular floor, because you want a bed. It doesn't work like that. It's for your safety. So that's my right. last statement. Not only that, like, as you said, you can't just pull somebody out of a bed and bring them to the emergency. Like, if there's no physical space where you need to go, I can't make a physical space for you. So we have to wait until a bed actually opens up, gets clean, like, I mean, if you want to really rush, we could we could put you in a dirty bed if that's what you want. But I'm gonna pretty sure that's not your preference. So just a little bit of patience, you know. It's not like we're ignoring you or trying to keep you in this uncomfortable situation. It's just there is there's just you gotta wait a little bit. I think I think, to, I think to summarize, this is a hospital, not a hotel. So when you yes. ask for window rooms and double trace. This is not the Hilton Honors. Thank you so much. It's not Ritz. It's not Ritz Carlton. Thank you so much. Okay, you don't get points for coming back. We want you to stay home. Thanks so much. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Wall, you want to take this? What do you have for your patients? Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> you don't get, you actually get minus points when you come back. <laughs> minus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is a negative against the record. It is not built. It's not built. Oh, man. All right. So my one is mine is if you do not take the medication, they will not work. Say it again for the cheap seats in the back. If Say it you again. do not take the medication, they will not work work so don't be surprised if you have not improved or things get worse like anyways you can't see my face sorry so if you come into my office and i advise you hey your blood pressure is not in control and i give you a medication right to take then you decide not to take it and you develop an even higher blood pressure or god forbid stroke right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Listen, listen, listen. This is what I want to understand. Do they think it's going to magically tra- transfer into the body through osmosis? I'm confused. Yeah, I do. I don't know. I don't know. I you don't know, know what the thought a spin-off, is. A spin-off from your question, from your statement, sorry, um, Dr. Wall, is my diabetics. You cannot drink Kool-Aid and take insulin. Right. Say it again. You cannot drink Kool-Aid and take insulin. Well, the, the insulin that I'm injecting is going to bring the blood sugar down. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I can drink the Kool-Aid and the Snapple. Wait, wait a second. Help to bring it come down anyway. <laughs> so, so to answer that, if that is the rationale that you're using, um, that's not how it works. Okay, what you're literally doing is you're going back to square one. So your blood sugar was already high. You're making it higher with the sugar, Kool-Aid, Snapple, whatever it is that you're drinking, Coca-Cola. I don't know what it is that you're drinking. And then you're taking the insulin, you're going back to the already elevated blood sugar. You're not getting any control. You're putting yourself at risk for major complications. This is not what we told you to do. Please put down the juice. And say, okay, you thought it was bad advice we're telling you, right? Then, I mean, you can seek another opinion, but just not do what we advise. Like, no, it's not okay. Well, l- let me add to this. Inhalers. Let me, let me spin off of your thing. Inhalers. <laughs> <laughs> I give you an inhaled medication to take, okay? And you didn't understand the directions. Wouldn't you call? Wouldn't you ask someone? No, you wait till the month or three months follow up. And then when I ask you to show me how you use your inhaler, most of the medication is on your tongue. (laughs) It don't work like that. It's got to get into the lungs. It's got to get into the lungs. I've seen all kinds of things. I mean, like, I mean, like grown people just, I mean, like, why wouldn't you ask questions? The pharmacists always ask you, do you have any questions before you leave with your medication? Is that not true? Why won't you say, hey, I don't know how to use this? <laughs> or my breathing's not getting better and I've been on a month of inhalers. Call somebody now. You're going to wait till you get into the hospital and you're looking oh, back at me. Call somebody. <laughs> call, I don't know. call a friend. And and, and if you have a smartphone, you have video capability, you can Google your medication, and there are patient videos for each and every one of them showing you how to use it. There's no excuse. So when you come back in, my COPD, after smoking your pack a day, while you're on your oxygen, and you're not using your inhaler, don't be surprised when I intubate you. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Next one. I mean, they can like, I mean, the amount of time I'm going to say we as a society spend on our phones scrolling Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these other like watching stupid videos. <laughs> Use some of that time, as you rightly said, to look up how do I use my Simbacort appropriately. How do I use the spacer that's on the thing properly? Like to uh, to make sure that I'm getting this medication so I can actually breathe because breathing is I don't know essential for life. Last time I checked, it's all on YouTube. (laughs) Thank you. All on YouTube. Thank you. And most of the patients are on YouTube in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) 
watching Korean dramas. <laughs> Listen, I just saw a patient today in the IC that I had extubated. She's a COVID pneumonia. She extubated to high flow, okay? And she's on her phone. I was like, that is a positive prognosticator. She is on yes. her iPhone watching video. It's time to downgrade. Bye-bye. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Right, though. You're no longer, you have no, no more ICU needs. Nope. You can use your phone. You can get, get up out my unit. Thank you so much. Okay. You have any others? Dr. Wall, any other points you want to share with your pair, patients? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I do. They're patient. I do not control the bill you get from the hospital. And again, you're preaching. Come again. I do not control the bill you get from the hospital. Love it. <sighs> or from the clinic. Well, yes, or from the clinic. Yeah. So probably we should break down how yes. billing works. Yes. Right? How as physicians it work, right? So we see you, right? And if it's a regular visit, <clears throat> like no procedure or anything, there's four levels, right? One, we didn't really see you. We, we told a nurse, hey, do something for you kind of thing. And four is like, you go in like high level, like we did a lot of things, you go in the hospital or something over the edge, right? See, after we put in that level, it goes to a biller and a coder, right? And they decide based on your document, if it matches up to that level, right? We don't know what that end result is going to be or what that charge or what that level is going to be or if it even if it stays at the level that we determine it's going to be, right? And then the hospital decides to add it on their charge and everything. Anyways, we have no clue how your bill end up that way or how it came out that way. I just want to share that. <laughs> And they and that's the first thing that they tell me when they walk in the room to see me in clinic. That that bill was too high, Doc. Five hundred dollars for what? It was only thirty mm. minutes. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't get the five hundred. Oh. I'm just saying, I didn't get it. You know what? I mean, you maybe know, if I you don't... took your medication, you wouldn't be in the ooh, hospital ooh, with that five hundred dollar bill. Ooh, ooh. The medication you know costs okay. how much? I get. <laughs> Hey, Emily. <laughs> Y'all can't see us, but we are literally like, Woo. <laughs> You know what? Emily, Emily out here calling out folks, calling out folks. Dr. Shay, Dr. Shay. Dr. Shay is throwing shade. She is. Shay is Willow tree shade. Willow tree All the way down. All <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take, for example, I took my son to the hospital the other day. Mm-hmm. I was shocked at my bill. Like, I actually felt like I had to go back in the ER and be like, what is this? <laughs> no shame. Like, no shame. Right? There's ag- so the hospital set their bill, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? It was, no, no, like, I, 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 really, I have it here. I have it she here. hasn't. She <laughs> hasn't. <here. laughs> She's pulling up the receipt. Yes, he holds it in It was $3,500, right? Hospital, Ooh, just the hospital. For what? I went, okay, oh, oh I have to tell you this tonight. Yes, yes, please. So, please child-proof your house. <laughs> Noted. Number. Noted. So, my, my child's running up and down. He felt, I don't know, that he was still not as tall as the table. Went into the counter, bust his head. So oh. it was like a laceration, right? So I was like, 
oh dear it's the same like I can do this but I'm like mm, I probably shouldn't do it <laughs> right here I should probably <laughs> I should probably go to the ER <laughs> so, to save my son the trauma of me doing it I went to the ER there's so many lessons in this. So many lessons. <laughs> so it's many. a podcast in itself. It's a podcast in itself with a pediatrician. <laughs> where, where's Dr. Works? Where is our pediatrician? So, 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 many red so I went, right? Anyways, so yeah, so they did it well. He was happy. He came home. Okay. So I got the bill. The first one came with a hospital charge. It was like three or 4,000, right? Mind you, I have insurance, right? And the insurance took off, actually... 10 to 10 to, so I had to pay 10 or 20%. So I'm stuck with this for $650, right? Just the hospital. Then a month later, I'm going to see a child. I'm sorry, English. English. <laughs> English. English. Position charge. Position charge. This is separate bill, guys. Separate. Okay? The physician charge was 650 right? And it came down to like, $50, which I'm, I'm cool, 50 bucks. But in total, that's $750. <laughs> Guys, I have not paid this bill. Anyways, but I cannot go back to the doctor. Good citizen. Yes, correct. Correct. Thank, Thank you, you for the much. save, Dr. Apathy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Go Thank ahead. You. Go ahead. But I cannot go back to the doctor and ask him, what is this? Because I am sure he didn't know this was sent to me. Anyways, that was my point in case. <laughs> point made. Point made. Point made. And, and, and with that, with that life lesson, we're going to move on to Dr. Shea. Dr. Shea, what, what pearls do you have for your patients? Yeah, uh, kind of spinning off the medication one. Um, dear patients, when you come to the hospital or the clinic, wherever it is, please know the medications that you're on. Or at the very least, have a list of them so that your medication list can be updated and accurate. My lesson. Because yeah. there is nothing... I guess I'm going to use the term worse. There's nothing worse, especially as an ICU physician, getting somebody who is super sick, who may have been talking to you when they came into the hospital, mm -hmm. but then finding out, oh, they were on this other um, biological medication and it wasn't in their med list. What? <laughs> Very important for them, right? Very like, important. At the, if you important. don't know your medications, which I completely understand, some of the names are difficult to say. Some of them we can't even say ourselves. We have to pronounce them letter by letter, <laughs> depending on what some of, some of the MABs and some of the cancer ones. Like, we get it. it. You can't okay. necessarily pronounce it. So, but gotta, write it down. Just, that's not just for the hospital. Even if you go into the clinic... Any, yeah. any, any, if you've seen any I, doctor. I want to give y'all a joke. I had a female patient who told me she was on tamoxifen, okay? I said, tamoxifen, oh my goodness, does she have a history of breast cancer? What's going right. on? Blah, 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 right? She meant a tamoxetine, stratera. 
Oh, Do you see the dangerous people? Yeah, it is very yeah. dangerous. dangerous. Right? You know, it's okay if you say Simba Staten, like Simba the Lion, Roar. That's okay. But um, but that 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 there, that other mix up, that's not okay. So. Right. You so don't know how to write say, them, just write them write down. down. Write them down. Put right them down. It's the best yeah. thing you can do. Put Carry them, them in your wallet. If you have to, if you are tech savvy and you have a phone with a camera. Even taking oh, a picture of the bottle. And, like, and, and to add to Dr. Shea's recommendation, dear patient, please, if you are taking over-the-counter medication or herbal medications, we should also know about those. Yes, those count too. They because count. some of them can have interactions with your, you know, run-of-the-mill, we'll say, pharmaceuticals. So right. it's important to know. Um, and then my other one... <laughs> Would be um, I get, we're in flu season still. I know flu is not ha, has not been that big because everybody's wearing masks. Yeah. So um, and viral that's, interference. That's a whole other podcast. Proof that those work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shade but, again. Shade from Shay. Shay from Shay. Go ahead. Go but ahead. Please. Not every sniffle. Sore mm. throat, cough mm. with mucus, mm. needs antibiotics. Praise mm. God, say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Not every cough, sore throat, sniffle, cough with mucus production needs antibiotics. Antibiotics are specific for bacterial infections. If there's no bacteria involved, the antibiotic will do Nada, zilch, nothing, nothing for you. If you have a viral thing going on, it will do nothing for you. If it's something that's not an infection at all, the mm-hmm. antibiotic will do nothing for you. Listen, and all take- you're going to do is put yourself, and everything that we do in medicine has risks and benefits. So if you have no bacterial infection and I give you an antibiotic, one, it's not going to do anything for you. But on the flip side, I'm now putting you at risk of the side effects of that medication. So when you hear the things on the TV, this medication may cause low white cell count, um, shortness of breath, fever, chest pain, tuberculosis. I'm putting you at risk <laughs> of all those things without the benefit of treating anything. So don't come into my office or into the ER wherever. When I tell you you have the flu, uh, you have something that's not infectious and tell me I need to give you antibiotics. The answer is no. Not at all. Mm. Mm. My, my rant is finished. I'm sorry I got caught up there. My, no, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'll make it. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be the last one. So my first one is, dear patient, I do not control the cost of your inhalers. Ooh. Okay. So let me explain. If you have ever gotten an inhaler from the pharmacy or whatever, whether it's albuterol, Ventolin, or one of the fancy ones, we've got Dulera, we've got Combavent, Anora, I can go on. They are expensive if they are not mm-hmm. covered by your insurance. And even when they are covered, the copay can be very high. But my question so to high. you is, COPDers, how much do the pack of cigarettes cost? Well, can we calculate mm. if you're if you're smoking a pack a day for twenty pack years? How much money did you spend on the cigarettes? Shame. How much are you still spending on the cigarettes? Hello, hello, hello. We won't. That's another one. We're Actually, gonna how much that would that be for real? Did you do the calculation? 
I did not do the calculation because I was oh. I don't want to know I don't want to know I don't want to know. Hold that's on, all. keep talking. I'm gonna find this out. Keep, I'm a, I'm a. Ah, she's gonna look so it that's up. One, that's one pack a day, okay, for twenty yeah. pack years. That's 20 pack years. That's what you're calculating, okay? So if you've been spending that amount of money on cigarettes, and if you're in New York, what don't they pay tax? Don't you pay tax on cigarettes? Isn't that I what do. it is? So so you're you're paying a lot of money, right? So and the inhalers are expensive, but I don't control the cost of that. When you come in to see me and I send you for a pulmonary function test and you come back with moderate to severe COPD, I am following the guidelines set by the society, whether it's American thoracic, American chest, whatever. I'm following those guidelines, the gold criteria that says you need to be on these medications. And I always go through and try to check to see, is it a preferred, right? Because we have tiers of how medications are. We normally get like a red block when we know that's not covered by that person's insurance, okay? But sometimes when you go to the pharmacy, you get a surprise. It's no longer what we thought it was, right? So we have programs for patient assistance and all of that, and we can give you samples in the office, but I don't control the cost of your medication. This is another lesson in healthcare. Yes. Pharmaceutical companies, pharmaceutical companies are the ones who control the cost of medications. If something is a new medication that is not generic, okay, it's brand new, and it's, this is the first 10 years of its patent, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be expensive. Okay, that's the first thing. So you want the fancy new drug you saw the woman running through the field on television? <laughs> Guess what? Get ready to pay that money. Okay. <laughs> okay. The second one that I have is hold on. Wait, can I cut you? Sorry. Yes. So it's yes. not just inhalers. Any medication. I don't. We we don't control it. We yes. Really no. Don't. No. no. The pharmaceutical companies do, and this is this and, goes up to a whole another conversation of healthcare costs. Okay. And, right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And wait, wait, wait. And okay, say you can't afford it. Like, don't just not do anything about it. Like, at it, least come back, discuss. Maybe we can't do anything about the price, but at least let us know what's going on. Don't just, right. don't just drop yes, the ball. Yes, please call sometimes, your physician. Yeah. Please sometimes there are resources. Like, sometimes yeah. the yeah. office yeah. may have resources. As I said exactly. before, you can get samples. You can get a free month of the right. We can apply for patient assistance. We have other ways yeah. to do this, okay? There's, so, things. there's no excuse to not be on your meds. Okay, I want to say my so, last one. Oh, sorry. Go wait, ahead. my quick, my quick, my quick uh google search so an uh, on average a pack of cigarettes i'm gonna round up to about seven dollars it can range anywhere from five to ten dollars depending on where you live and yes there are federal and state taxes on cigarettes okay so let's say i'll go with the low end so let's say you're spending you spoke a pack a day that's six dollars that's new for a pack that's newport <laughs> how do you know it's newport not in new york not in new york exactly <laughs> So if you smoke in a pack a day, you're spending $6 a day essentially on a pack. That's $2,190 a year. Now, let's say you've been smoking for 20 years. That's $43,800. How much the medication costs again? Listen to me. Listen to me. That's a down payment on a house. That's a house. On a house. House in your lungs. Listen, you literally took the words out of my brain. (laughs) That is a house down payment. Mm, okay. Insane. It's insane. Okay. So, 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 so really quickly, guys, because I know we got to wrap up. My last one is 
shouting at me is not going to produce the results that you want. Dear patient, shouting at the critical care physician when your loved one is very sick because you're frustrated is not going to produce the results you want. I'm cursing. We need to we need to respect the healthcare team. This is a very this is a very strenuous time for all of us. Okay. Again. This is a very strenuous time for all of us. We are not ignoring you. We are not hiding any information from you. We are not mistreating your loved one. We are not withholding care from them. This is not a conspiracy. You are not the Manchurian candidate. Take it down. Take it down. Take it down. When you shout at me, you raise the situation to a whole nother place. And that is not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to explain to you in clear terms what is happening with your loved one. This is a very, 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 very stressful time for everyone. The nurses are working like crazy, okay? They have been on for days at times, okay? All in these units, we're in all this gear, 24, whatever, how long you're doing your shift for, okay? You can't visit because they're in isolation. And we understand that that puts a stress on you, but it also puts a stress on us because we want families to communicate with our, our critical care patients. They do better when they can get that communication. Right. Okay, we're not trying to deny you seeing your loved one. It's that these are the circumstances that we're practicing in now. So please, please give us a measure of respect and patience and allow us to do our jobs and to take care of the people that you love and to understand that we cannot sometimes control inevitable outcomes. Everyone has mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Okay. Yep. And of that, I want to thank you guys for joining MD Fam, Dear Patient Podcast. Woo, 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 woo. Dear Patient. <laughs> we'll do a, a Dear Colleague one um, next, but um, <laughs> stay tuned. Thank you. <laughs>